What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestle Delicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 116 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Sunday afternoon. And by lovely, I mean cloudy as fuck outside. But I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are, and the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Now, I'm an hour and a half away from. Oh shit. My laptop's about to die. Um, anyway, we're about an hour and a half away from the Hell in a Cell pay per view. And I know I was going to do an NXT UK review, but we do not. We today do not have enough time, unfortunately. And we had stuff, I had stuff going on um, yesterday. So I wasn't able to do it then. So unfortunately, no NXT UK review, as you have noticed. So today I wanted to make, I wanted to check throughout the entire weekend if there was a, possibly anything if there was anything that would come up in terms of you know maybe more at matches added to the Hell in a Cell card and we literally are sitting here 90 minutes away from Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and we only have four fucking matches to show for it so let me get this straight WWE you have four you had four weeks of build starting from pretty much the end of September close to the middle of September and after four weeks of build can only muster up four matches. Four. For the life of me, I have never seen a pay-per-view only come out with four matches. Unless they were of big importance. The only time I see anything of four or five matches is TakeOver. And usually they all have importance. when you're looking at Hell in a Cell, especially coming off the week we just had with Premier Week and Raw being Raw without fail, NXT absolutely killing it, and to be truthfully honest, a lackluster debut episode of SmackDown that somehow almost got a 4 rating off of Hype. Because all we really got, literally, the main talking points of SmackDown were The Rock and Becky beating the crap out of Baron Corbin. I will never refer to him as King. And Kofi Kingston losing in nine seconds. Or five, depending on what, you know, Twitter handle you saw. The only main highlight of the week was and always will be NXT. Without question. NXT in terms of WWE, won the week in WWE. AEW premiered, you know, very good show. Not the greatest show in the world, but for a debut, it did what it had to do. And now we lead into tonight. Like I said, as of this recording, it is 90 minutes, and this this ain't gonna take long. Can you only give us 
four fucking matches. Four fucking matches to somehow fill three hours of programming. So you're gonna meet, you're gonna tell me, you were going to tell me that. You were gonna tell me that we're only gonna that that a three-hour pay-per-view with four matches, and these are gonna go long as shit. I can understand it from the Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins point of view. I can kind of understand it from the Sasha Banks Becky Lynch point of view. These matches will probably go at least twenty, if not thirty minutes at least. But that means Reigns and Brian versus Harper and Rowan have to go long, and Bailey versus Charlotte has to go long. Because somehow, some way, we got only got four. Four apparently is the number of the day. It's it's I, to call it embarrassing is an understatement. This is what they do. This is what WWE does. They do dumb shit. They pull dumb shit like this. And pretty much, you know, pull something out their ass and somehow call it a pay-per-view. This is what we have to deal with tonight. This is exactly what we have to deal with. I don't even need my laptop for this one. Because I know all four of them off the top of my head. I know every single match of the card. Why? Because that's all we've gotten. I find it very disappointing. I'm not even like a disappointed dad. I'm just a, I'm more of a disappointed uncle. And I am an uncle, by the way. I do have a decent nephew. So this disappointed uncle role definitely plays into this. WWE is like the nephew I know is smart, but doesn't really apply himself in terms of school and whatnot. So he, so I know he's capable of A's and B's, but he's usually getting like B's and C's. I know he's capable. I know WWE is capable of doing well for themselves. I know they are. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know they are. I know they can do absolutely well for themselves. But for the, to do this? This. When what you just saw in NXT and AEW, you're going to bring out this? It's quite embarrassing. Even though I said it was an understatement. It's still embarrassing to come out with a four-match card. How are you going to fill the rest of the time? How are you going to fill three hours of programming? How are you going to feel that? It, it, it makes face palming. Just look, I, I, when I found out, when I finally saw that it was literally going to be four, I face palmed, I threw stuff, I said a lot of curse words to myself. I somehow didn't tweet about it, which was a shock. But at the end of the day, this is what we have to run with. We have to run with the four. 
We have to run with the four. He just threw that off some man's helmet. That's some fucked up shit. Ain't that? Don't mind me. I'm just watching Red Zone right now while I'm recording this. I'm trying to get this out as quickly as possible. Get you guys, get you guys ready for Hell in a Cell. But like I said, I wanted to wait because I, I wasn't gonna do just a re- uh, just a preview predictions off of three matches. That is just disrespectful in the highest regard. It really is. So I wanted to wait, and I waited literally four days. I was gonna do it Wednesday. I was gonna do my preview predictions on Wednesday, and somehow Anchor just effed up and just said, "Go f yourself, son." Uh, nah, fam, we good. Uh, we'll holla at you tomorrow. Um, so that's what happened with that. So I was like, you know what? This might be a blessing in disguise. We may get more matches announced. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And we only got one. So what we are going to do real quick is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen from our sponsor. And then we're going to get right into the predictions portion of the program. That is Hell in a Cell. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to episode 116 of the Young Lions Perspective, Helena Cell Preview and Predictions. Since we only have four, this should go by fairly quickly, unless I have a lot of shit to talk, which I probably do. So let's start off quickly to the not only non-title match of the card, and we will go up to the title matches in order of importance. Starting off with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Now, I am very intrigued by this match for a few reasons, of course. Um, One of them being the dynamic between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Now, at this very point, both are babyfaces. Both are very much so babyfaces. And as of late, Eric Rowan has somewhat benefited off of the kind of the somewhat few that was Reigns and Bryan. He then came out on his own to and attack both Reigns and Brian and put them both through tables and during the match at Night of Champions with Roman Reigns Luke Harper finally made his return to the WWE and teaming up once again with his old blood and brothers cohort now there are a few ways you can actually book this and I've thought about a few scenarios in my head as to what could actually happen there will be not. There is not going to be a no contest. Um, the way I see it, you have to think about Survivor Series coming up next month. The Saudi show, I really don't give a fuck about. Um, the fact that you're having a Saudi show in Halloween with Brock Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez, I honestly could give three fucks about. And which means I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck, and I don't give a fuck. I don't. But. With all the scenarios that I played out in my head while I was sitting at work today, while I was working, the one I came, the one that would honestly make sense if you're trying to book this, and I'm thinking about long term, which I know WWE doesn't really do on a regular basis, and honestly, my dog could probably look book it better long term, and so could my mother, my niece, my nephew, my sister who doesn't watch pro wrestling but watches Total Divas, my other niece. And my sister's boo thing could book this better than what WWE will probably do tonight. 
So what I propose is this. I'm going with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan to defeat Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, but not in the way that you think. Not clean. It will not be a clean victory. Daniel Bryan, I believe, is going to screw over Roman Reigns. Throughout this whole ordeal with Reigns and Bryan, the red herring of all of this was having Rowan take on Roman at Night of Champions instead of giving us Roman versus Bryan. I think this that match still does need to happen. And it could happen at TLC. Kick started off tonight by having Daniel Bryan leave during the match. Making it a two-on-one situation in which Roman has to overcome. But in most cases where, you know, guys like Cena and Reigns usually overcome and become that superhero that everyone just loves. In this case, that ain't happening. Roman Reigns is going to get the beating of his life from both Harper and Rowan. Daniel Bryan will leave during the matchup, screwing Roman over, thus leading into their feud going into Survivor Series and TLC and giving Harper and Rowan the victory. SmackDown Women's Championship match. Bayley versus Charlotte. To say I'm uninterested in this feud is an understatement. After what we saw last month, probably the quickest you know, way to get out of situations is, like I said, when I told when I did preview predictions for Night of Champions, Bailey must win by hook or by crook. If she is to be a heel, she must do heel-like things. Now, the weird flex of all that was, they got out of there in like five minutes. In Charlotte's pretty much, in pretty much flare country, in Charlotte, North Carolina, And the crazy part was, it didn't even feel like a match. It was just, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then I'm going to drop till you right, you know, I'm going to unbuckle the turnbuckle, drop till you, drop till a hole, blah, 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 one, two, three, I'm out of here. I'm going to run like hell. Now, considering the fact that this is only a four-match card that we know of so far, not counting any kickoff shows or possible matchups that haven't been announced yet, I have to run off the four. So, my mind tells me this has to be a much longer match than what we got at Night of Champions last month. The question is, how long will we get? How long of a match are we going to get? That is the question of the, of, the, of the hour there with that. Which is, honestly, not much of a factor as to who I think is going to win this. With the dra- impending draft coming up, with the upcoming draft, one person will not be on SmackDown. One person will be going over to Raw. That person is Charlotte Flair. That is correct. I am going with Bailey to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship, thus allowing Charlotte to be moved over to Monday Night Raw next fr- this coming Friday when they have their draft. It's not rocket science. 
to be truthfully honest. If they want to go full in on this Bailey heel situation they got going on here, they got to start acting like it. And if tonight isn't the fire starter, then I don't know what will be. I honestly don't know what would be the fire starter. What would actually kick off an actual proper heel run by Bailey? Sure, what she's doing is somewhat kind of heelish and okayish. But you have to, if you're going to go this route, you have to make her a proper true heel. The Bailey buddies need to stop being shown. Or just give her a knife and just have her pop all of them in front of the kids. Whatever works for you. She needs new gear, new music, everything. I need an overhaul of her character. If she is to be believed as a heel. Because usually, nine times out of ten, that's what you usually do in the first place with this. I find it very hard to believe Bailey as a heel. She's a tweener. I can easily say she is a solid tweener right now. She's not a heel. Yet. But if WWE actually wants to make me believe in her as a heel, they they actually have to make her full-on heel from her music to her in-ring actions. Be the heel I want you to be, Bailey. And make sure that butt still looks cute because that butt's cute. I am just a man, ladies and gentlemen. I am merely just a man and I can appreciate a good booty. As do most of y'all. Now, the final two matches of the card. One is pretty much, in my mind, set in stone. The other has about 511 ways this can actually go around. And only one route makes sense. We'll start with the Women's Championship. The Raw Women's Championship, to be exact. Hell in a Cell. Now, usually I would reserve judgment on Hell in a Cell matches because, honestly, Hell in a Cell matches usually, for me personally, are usually should be built up around six to nine months with a lot of bad blood and hatred towards two people who literally hate each other. Not outside. Now, of course, outside the ring, of course, man. I mean, you know, we cool, but within characters... Two people must hate each other for long enough to get to a point where no feud, this won't end until Hell in a Cell happens. That's the only way we can solidify the feud to have a proper conclusion. Now, with Sasha and Becky... I am very happy this feud has come about because Becky needed this so much. She needed a feud like the one she's having with Sasha. Now, this ain't the best feud in the world, nor is it feud of the year by any means whatsoever. But with what she had prior to the night after SummerSlam, her feuds were kind of (laughs) shit. I'm just saying. Her feuds were, were pretty garbage. Lacey Evans, trash. Natalia, trash. 
Alexa Bliss, I think she had a she had a little thing, a little bit of a no. Yeah, I didn't care. It doesn't matter. It really, honestly, doesn't get doesn't fucking matter because those feuds were all garbage, and it showed. Sasha, pretty much at the WrestleMania, to most people took her ball and went home. All types of butt hurt, mad because she really pretty much got told, got sold a bill of goods, and then on top of that had them drop the women's tag team championships at WrestleMania to the Iconics who then lost it to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and no one still gives a shit about the women's tag team championship you're welcome well done so she's been lying in wait Vince McMahon pretty much assured her I got you I just need you to wait after SummerSlam we already have everything in place for her, to, for Becky to finish up everything at SummerSlam. If you fuck, if you really still want to ride with me, you have my word. You will have a feud for the women's championship upon your return. She got it. She gutted it out, and now she is a possible three count or tap away from becoming the Raw Women's Champion. Make no mistake about it. There is no possible way I can see Becky leaving Hell in a Cell with the champ. I think her run is her, her time is up. I think her run is done. I think it's time for her to hand over the crown to Sasha. Now, if Charlotte is going over to Raw come draft time, that definitely must mean Becky is getting moved over to SmackDown. Bailey Becky, Charlotte Sasha. Oh, it's 2016 all over again. I can't wait. Well, minus Bailey being on Raw, and that was kind of a weird flex. But no, actually, no. Bailey at the time was actually on NXT, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, because she's still, yeah, if I remember correctly, she was still dealing with Oscar and her. Oh man, oh that was great. That was good times. Remember Bailey or Oscar? Those were great times. Those were wonderful times, y'all. Bailey Oscar, that was a feud. That was a feud. Memories from the corner of my mind. Anyway, um, yeah, if you're going to have Sasha move over, not Sasha, Charlotte, I beg your pardon, move over to Raw, this must, this, this will easily mean Becky goes to SmackDown. Me personally, if I'm doing the draft, I would literally just have one GM kind of nowhere and say, I draft the entire WWE women's division, both Raw and SmackDown. If I got some balls, making the women exclusive to one brand and making the tag team division exclusive to one brand. Or my personal favorite, having them go across both shows. <gasps> what? That would be insane, Zach. You must be out of your mind. That would actually have common sense and logic. And you'd be correct. But since we're, since we're, you know, since my IQ in terms of, you know, the creative team, because apparently there's 30 of them motherfuckers and they can't figure out three hours of quality programming in the first place. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, the only... Sasha must win this championship tonight. I can see no other creative situation that doesn't lead to a Banks victory and a new Raw Women's Champion. Becky's run, Becky's time as champion is up. There's nothing wrong with the fact that Becky is losing. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Becky had a good run. She main evented WrestleMania. She won in the main event of WrestleMania. The first ever time women were in the main event of WrestleMania. Nobody can ever take that away from Becky Lynch. No woman can take that away from her. No one man or woman, not even a, oh, I was about to say avocado. Man, woman, trans person, doesn't matter. Shit, I identify personally as a Black Hawk helicopter. But it doesn't matter in this case. What matters is Banks wins. There's no two ways about it. I've ran through every scenario in my head. Maybe Becky wins. Maybe. But if WWE is smart, knowing we're five days away from the uh, WWE draft, it'd be, they would be wise to have Banks become champion, be even a bigger heel, become Ratchet Sasha, the one we know and loved in NXT, and have her feud with Charlotte and whoever else they decide to bring over to Monday Night Raw. I love what I do love about Sasha Becky though is that it I think reinvigorated the Raw Women's Division in a way that Alexa couldn't do it, Natalia couldn't do it, and sure as hell Lacey Evans couldn't do it. And and trust and believe that you know if they could build the division around you know. Sasha Charlotte or Sasha Bailey or whoever they're going to have. The only the main reason why I'm picking Banks to also win is because at this point with the few they're kind of with the kind of the mini few they're having with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, I want that two woman power trip to be done. I talked about this weeks ago on the podcast, the two woman power trip as an ode to the two man power trip a team of Austin and Triple H. Um and the reason why I think this happens is because they, you need, now think of it like this. And I'm going to bring it up one more time and I'm going to dead it. I'm going to dead it completely after I step, talk about it. You need this two woman power trip. A, a duo like Sasha and Bailey holding bro, both of the brand's champion, top, top championships for the women and possibly winning the women's tag team championships holding all the gold for the women on the main roster, the top champions on their brand and the tag team champions of the women's division that can create a lot of animosity, but it can also create a lot of baby faces, baby faces. Yes, baby faces. Cause you're going to need baby faces in order to beat this two woman power trip. Blew your mind, didn't it? So that is that is the main reason why Banks needs to win the title tonight. Have her win the championship. Have Bailey retain. Have Bailey and Sasha go for the tag team championships, win, and then become that two woman power trip. Because here's the th- here is the kicker and the loophole. They can still come now. With, now wild card rules officially dead as of Friday night. Wildcard rule is officially dead. Thank God. But as women's tag team champions, 
The titles span across Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yeah, they can go on both shows at the same time. And there's your loophole. You can still have both of them on the same show at the same time. Bailey can go on to Raw. Sasha can go on to SmackDown as tag team champions. Because that's what it does. What a fucking shock. It's quite simple when you think about that that way, isn't it? I don't mean to sound like a prick today. I'm on I'm on like hella caffeine right now. And this shit from Wawa is just so delicious. Sugar-free caramel latte. It is it is quite delicious, I'm telling y'all. Plus, with this night, I'm definitely gonna need a lot of caffeine. So that's why I got the latte. Anyway, treat yourself sometimes. Treat yourself. So with that being said, let's get on to the main event. Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, Universal Championship on the line. For the life of me. For the life of me. I'm concerned about... I'm concerned about this match. Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of too, too soon. Too much too soon. And I love me some Bray Wyatt. Y'all know that. I loves the Fiend. I loves it. I can't I can't get enough of it. The Firefly Funhouse is probably the best thing they got on Raw. But what I don't like is pushing this too soon. I would love for Wyatt to become champion. Don't get me wrong. I want him to become champion. And then I have and I have to think about a million factors the upcoming draft Survivor Series TLC my first thought out the gate was there it was going to be a no contest and I had it at the top of my in my head there was going to be a no contest and then I remembered we have a draft coming this Friday the first portion of the draft is this Friday And then I thought about it. I sat here. I sat at work too thinking about it. And I was thinking in my head, what is the best case scenario? What is truly the best case scenario for this? Because now what I had in my head prior to the draft being announced was Wyatt and Seth going to a no contest because Braun Strowman would break the door down and beat both men at the same time after a long, hard fought matchup. That would lead into Survivor Series and then right into TLC where you could have a triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Wyatt pins Braun. Seth gets rematch at Royal Rumble. And then you end your feud there with the Fiend top going over Rollins and going into WrestleMania season with Wyatt as champion. That is what I would have done personally had this draft not been taken care of. Now it changes. Now with the draft coming, everything changes. Everything changes. So what do we do? What do I do? What, how do I go about it? And then it hit me. It really did hit me. Once the draft comes, there's only one choice that can be made. 
and I didn't want to make it because I didn't think they wanted to do this so soon. But sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you got to roll with the hot hand. You never leave on a heater. As Ninja would say, you never leave on a heater. And I really didn't want to make this choice or make this pick in particular. But I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt becoming the new Universal Champion tonight. Sometimes you just got to roll with the hot hand. And sometimes you just got to roll with it. Bray Wyatt is literally the most over character in WWE right now. And that's not undisputed. Actually, that is undisputed. Not undisputed. Wow. Never mind. Never mind, me. But let's be real with ourselves. If Bray is to become Universal Champion, you have to treat him like the true top dog on Monday Night Raw. There is no way you can have Bray Wyatt go to SmackDown with who you have over there now. With Bray, with Brock Lesnar now as champion, there's no reason for, you, for Bray to go over there because he will be overshadowed by Brock Lesnar. And if you honestly think about it, Wyatt Lesnar sounds pretty fucking tasty at Survivor Series champion versus champion. The Fiend versus the Beast? I'm starting to catch it. I'm starting to catch that wave. Because if you if keep it in mind, goddamn, LA Chargers can't run the ball today. I swear to God. Anyway, if you think about it, Rollins to SmackDown may be a possibility. And I'd be okay with that. I'd honestly be okay with that. That must mean that has to mean you move Roman back over to Raw. That's the only case scenario. If you're gonna bring Rollins to SmackDown, you bring Roman to Raw. But that's neither here nor there, and that's another story we can talk about for another day. But Bray Wyatt winning the championship tonight is the only is honestly the only choice I can make. Due to the impending, due to the upcoming draft, due to the possibility of, you know, Seth Rollins going to SmackDown, and Bray more than likely being overshadowed if he ever went to SmackDown. Rollins cannot win this champion, retain his title tonight. I think it's just, it's time for him to truly drop it completely, go with the hot hand, but if you're going to go with Wyatt, the goal from here on out, With Bray Wyatt as your universal champion, you cannot, you cannot book this without having a long-term plan in mind. And what I mean by that is WrestleMania. If Bray Wyatt does win tonight, you're looking at about a seven-month title reign. You have to plan. You have to plan this for the next seven months. Dominance is everything when it comes to championship title reigns. I've discussed this many a time on this program. You cannot tell me for one fucking second that if a dominant champion holds the belt for a long time, that whoever beats that person, man or woman, becomes a made man or woman think about Alabama for a second 
dominant. Beated everyone's ass. The team nobody thought they could beat. Here comes Clemson. Clemson in the championship game. Nobody thought Clemson could beat Alabama. What happened? Last second play. Clemson beats Alabama. And a shock victory that shocked even myself. That's what you do with dominant title reigns. To whoever defeats the long-dominant champion, they are a made man or woman. To whoever will beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship, they become a made man. Bray Wyatt must hold that belt until at least WrestleMania. Who would defeat him at such point? I don't know. A lot of people would say Aleister Black because that would be a crazy matchup. And you know what? I'd be on board with that 100%. But that's another story for another day. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your Hell in a Cell preview and predictions. God, that was painful, (laughs) to say the least. So we're just going to take a quick break and we're going to close out the show as we always do in proper YLP fashion to get you prepared for the upcoming week that is the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 116 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, and I thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. I do apologize for not having up an NXT UK review, but I had to do some things like I did. I had to go run some errands and whatnot. So unfortunately, no NXT UK review this week, which kind of sucks. I really want to talk about the Tegan Knox KDA. I may talk about it prior to uh, episode 117 of the podcast. We'll get into all that towards the end of this segment. But I do hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world thank you guys so much for taking up this episode of the podcast and as always i greatly and truly appreciate it if you did enjoy this episode and you do have any opinions about hell in a cell any predictions you may have had because by the time you hear this episode i promise you either it's in the middle of hell in a cell or hell in a cell has come and gone so it is what it is but if you do have an opinion about what happened on tonight's pay-per-view for hell in a cell hit me up with a voice message anchor.fm slash the young lines perspective i'm sorry young lines perspective nova don't worry about that. Hit me up with a voice message. Let me know what you thought about either the show or the pay-per-view. And if I like it enough, I may just feature it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective. However, if you did enjoy this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions Perspective. Share this episode across all of your social media. Text your friends. DM them. Whatever you got to do. The Instagrams, the Twitters, and the Facebooks. Put it on all your social media and let the people know that the Young Lions Perspective is your alternative for professional wrestling podcast and that we are here to stay. Now, I know a lot of y'all don't have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. I'm not mad at wherever you find the, the podcast. Hey, I'm grateful. Thank you for checking it out. I do appreciate it. But if you don't know what platforms you can get it on besides the Anchor app, I'll tell you. You can find this podcast on, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions Perspective across all these several different platforms, and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything 
on my social media, what's going on with the YLP podcast, any breaking news I may put on there, any uh, 60 second videos I had talking shit about Raw because Raw was absolutely garbage and SmackDown kind of kind of was, you know, garbage. But anyway, none, nonetheless, you can find me on Twitter at Sway Senator WWI. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital W, capital I. I do live tweeting, and I will be doing live tweeting for NXT. SmackDown Live, because Raw is still trash. AEW. Maybe some NXT UK if I can catch it on time. Or I'll watch it at night and still tweet about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I have nothing else better to do at 2 a.m. and I have the day off, I do live tweet sometimes. Rarely, but I do. For New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's what it is. Uh, that's, that's the list. That's the definitive list of what I'm going to be live tweeting. I promise you. If you want to follow me, though, on Instagram, which is the mothership of everything that is YLP, follow me there on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms and stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Episode 117, y'all know what it is. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That was Hell in a Cell. We do this every single month, and I see that y'all are enjoying it, which I do appreciate, you know, because sometimes there is some good. There's a bunch of bad, and there's always that one distinctive ugly, and I know there will be one tonight. I know there will be one. By the time you hear this, it'll be probably tomorrow or Tuesday, whatever. And I might be right, but there's always going to be one distinctive ugly. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen tonight. So, guys, until tomorrow for episode 117 of the Young Lions Perspective, enjoy Hell in a Cell for what it will be. I hope it's decent for you guys, and I hope it's decent for all of us. So, until Monday, episode 117 of the podcast, see ya!